Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. This is the Fearless Agent Podcast, where you learn how to make way more money fast selling real estate with your host, the fearless agent himself, Bob Leffler. And good day to you. This is Bob here at the Fearless Agent Podcast for real estate sales professionals like you, where we explain that everything you've been taught by the entire real estate industry is, of course, wrong, and you will make way way lots more money in way less time by doing the exact opposite. So I wanted to uh, talk a little bit on the last podcast. We talked, got into a little bit of cold calling, door knocking, a thing like that at the end when we had a guest on. And uh, so I, I'm just going to review what we said about picking the area you should be prospecting within. So when you're prospecting, the thing to remember is that you get paid out of the equity. Whether you're calling for sale by owners, calling expireds, calling cold calling, uh, your job is much easier when they have a lot of equity. When they're thin on the equity, the seller becomes satanic. They are like a Steven Spielberg creature. And the only thing they want to talk about is grinding you down on your commission and overpricing their house. So you can avoid that by uh, just picking an area that is older. And I noticed this when I was a new agent. Um, you know, I'd have these agents come to me and they'd say, man, I can't get anybody to, to price their house right. And I would think, you know, I don't have that problem. Now, I have problems. Believe me, I had problems. But I didn't have that problem. I never had a problem getting the seller to be realistic on their price, or hardly ever. I shouldn't say never. Then uh, they would say, I just can't get anybody to pay me a full commission. And when they were talking full commission, they were talking about six. I was, I was all, I've never taken a listing at six. I've always taken them at seven because I just chose to. And I never had a problem. And they would say they were always having problems getting people to pay them six or even five. And I was thinking, I never have that problem. Now, I have problems, but I didn't have that problem. And then it, it, years later, it occurred to me what, what it was. I, I farmed the area in which I lived, and I just happened to live in an area that was built in 1958. Now it's 1984, and those houses are you know 30 years old, so they're all almost all of them are free and clear. Not all of them, but a whole lot of them. And um, and then these people that were complaining about their inability to get people to price them right and pay a full commission, they lived in a neighborhood that was built in 1980. And for the past, you know, five years, the prices had been going down steadily because we were just coming off of uh, Jimmy Carter. So uh, the economy was in a literal shambles. So, uh, uh, you know. No equity. That was it. So old people have equity. I always say I'm coming out with a new cologne called equity. 
and it smells a little like Bengay and mop balls. You know, I'm talking about how old people smell. So if you're driving past a neighborhood and you smell Bengay and mop balls, you go, oh, this is where I should go door knocking. So picking older, older areas are better than new. So the whole area, the whole neighborhood has to have doubled in value and uh, or no one is going to have enough equity. So cheaper is better than more expensive. Lesser, not the hood, but in the good side of town, the cheaper ones double in value faster than the more expensive ones. Luxury almost never goes up in value. Single family homes always double in value the fastest. They always have more more equity. There are no exceptions to that in any town ever. Uh, and then if you can avoid thing like association, high association fees tend to tamp down um, the appreciation. You'll notice that the towns that have high taxes, property taxes, they, they have a very low appreciation rate. So any artificial taxing of the property tends to tamp it down. And then you just want to get the names and the addresses, you know, and and then um, and the phone numbers, excuse me, and call those people. So when you are uh, when you are, you know, calling, people uh, are going to say yes, you know. So when they say yes, most people panic. And they, you know, get off the phone. They, they, they can't believe somebody said yes. So when they say yes, and your problems don't even begin in real estate until the seller says yes. So I, the funny thing I notice about when I'm coaching people is I probably spend much more time on the phone t- telling the agents how to handle a no. You know, they're always calling me and say, the guy, the guy said this. And I go, well, that's a no. You don't need to handle the no's. You don't, your, your problems don't even begin until they say yes. So when they say yes, I'm thinking of selling my house. Um, then when you're scheduling the appointment, so first you're going to do what every fearless agent does. You're going to ask them where they're moving to. And you've heard me talk about this on this podcast. Uh, then you're going to sell them on the product, the where question could be 10 or 15 questions depending on their situation. But it's basically the format is, are you going to rent or are you going to buy when you move? Is it going to be uh, a house or is it going to be a condo? Is it going to be bigger? Is it going to be smaller? Is it going to be more expensive? Is it going to be less expensive? I'm looking for the money problem. When they have the money problem, then I'm going to sell them on the product. Then I'm going to crush my competitors. Then I'm going to resell them on the product. And then I'm going to go to when. So when is not when are you thinking about putting your house on the market? That's not the question I ask. Moving day. So write that down. When equals moving day. Not thinking about it day. Not listing it day. Moving day. So when is the soonest realistically in your mind that moving day would ever be? And I'm not trying to rush you. It doesn't matter to me. I'm just curious. So whatever they say, move in there. So when they say, well, we were thinking about putting it on the market in the spring, I'd say, yeah, well, I'm, uh, that's interesting. But my question was different. Moving day. That's you're out of your house, your spouse, your kids, you're out. The, the stuff you own is out. That's moving day. When is the soonest realistically moving day 
would ever be, realistically. See just to see what they think. So they say, "Oh, it's you know, it probably six or eight months." Okay. So if you knew for certain that you'd be losing tens of thousands of dollars by waiting just six months, would you have to wait? Yeah, we'd have to wait. Okay. When should I check back with you? Okay. So that's what I'm going to do. When should I check back with you? Then I'm going to follow up the fearless agent way because I am going to get that listing because we're doing this the fearless agent way. But if they say now, we're ready now, I'd say, well, let's let's do this. Here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to find a time when I can uh, come over, show you how I do business completely differently than all other agents, show you how I can get you the tens of thousands of extra dollars. And I like to meet with people in the afternoons or the evenings. Are you... Do you guys have nine to five jobs? So they either do have nine to five jobs or they don't. If they have nine to five jobs, I want to get them in that app, that not the afternoon slot. I want them in the evening slot. So first, I'm going to, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to avoid the dreaded, uh, well, gee, Bob, you know, we got to think about it. Why don't you, uh, you know, that kind of thing. That's what I don't want to do. So I want to book the appointment. So I want to make it easy on uh, booking that appointment. So if you want to screw up and have a very difficult time booking appointments, you say, well, what time of the day, what time of the day is generally best for you? And then they have to go, uh, well, you know, I don't know. It's kind of too hard to think that up. So I'm going to tell this real estate guy on the phone, you know, uh, why don't we, I'm going to have to think about that. I'm going to have to talk to my wife. I'm going to have to whatever. Okay. So it builds I want to think about it into the conversation, and you're not going to be able to book the appointment. So you have to always do what fearless agents do. You schedule every appointment at 2.30 in the afternoon or 7 p.m. at night because that way you can do two listing appointments in one day and make twice as much money in a year. So it's a big deal. It just doubles your income, so like no big deal. So knowing that, you want to first pick the time slot and then worry about the day. Don't pick the day and then try to figure out the time slot. It does not work that way when you do things backwards. So first we're going to pick the time slot. So I like to meet with people in the afternoons or evenings. Do you folks have nine to five jobs? Well, I don't, but my wife does. Okay, so I, I, then I know we're going to meet at 7 p.m. If he says, well, my wife's available all the time, but I have a 9-to-5 job. Well, I know we're going to meet at 7 p.m. If they go, no, uh, we're retired, then I know I can meet with them in the 2.30 slot. But I might be better off meeting in that 7 p.m. slot. That 7 p.m. slot is great because people don't leave halfway through the appointment. I don't lose one of them, which is always the decision maker. That's a little trick they pull to go pick up the kids from soccer or to go do something. So the uninterrupted two hours that it takes to get a listing is more likely to happen in the 7 p.m. slot than the 2.30. But if they're old and retired, for whatever reason, old people go to bed at like four in the afternoon. So you need to do the 2.30 slot. So I like to meet with people in the afternoon's or the evenings, uh, do you guys have nine to five jobs, get you there? And then they say, yeah, we do. Okay, you know, I've got 7 p.m. on Thursday available, or would the following Monday be better? So I'm going to give them a choice, 
And if not, neither of those days work, say, how about Friday or would Tuesday be better? You know, just keep doing it and, and nail it down. Now, then they always say, well, you know, I'm going to have to check with my wife or I'm going to have to check with my husband. Say, oh, of course, you know, all plans are tentative, but we're going to we're going to nail down a time when you think it's likely that they would be available. And if for whatever reason they can't make it, you can call me and we will reschedule. So then we're going to do that. Now, when they say yes, come on over, you know, don't get off the phone until you've set things up correctly. So you want to have all the ingredients in place to do a one-stop, get it in one visit, listed listing appointment. So when when agents do things wrong and they have to go, you know, like sometimes you go on the appointment and then they can't make a decision and then you have to go back and then sometimes you have to go back a third time. Well, it's usually because they didn't have the six fearless agent ingredients to a one-stop listing appointment. So please write these down. Now, this is going to make you an extra, I don't know, $150,000, $200,000 a year. So you want to make make sure you're not violating this. This is one of the sales secrets that all fearless agents know, the six ingredients to a one-stop listing appointment. So I'm going to have you write down – I like acronyms, Okay. So just write down the letter B, and below that, write down the letter I, and below that, write down the letter T, and then below that, write down the letter C, and below that, write down the letter H. Okay, now I don't know what that spells, but it's an acronym. So B stands for both home. All the decision makers are there, okay? So if you think that your listing presentation stinks, wait till you hear the wife give it to the husband after you've left, okay? So who are the decision makers typically? If it's a couple, uh, there is no scenario where any fearless agent is going to give their listing presentation to one partner, not the other, unless they're going through a nasty divorce. So you get to the house. The husband says, oh, my wife couldn't make it. You say oh, thank goodness, I needed tonight off anyway. We're going to reschedule. You don't go into the house. You never tour the house. You don't do any of that stuff. You get out and you reschedule. So right there at the door, you reschedule. Um, if If it's an elderly person, Usually, there's an undisclosed decision maker in the form of the know-it-all son-in-law, okay? How do I know that? I now have become the know-it-all son-in-law. It's all part of God's great plan. So the know-it-all son-in-law, otherwise a.k.a. deal killer, uh, they can't make a decision without my daughter or my son and my – you know, so whenever you're talking to somebody who's elderly uh, and I – you know – I don't mean 70, I mean 80, okay? If they're elderly, if they're at all feeble or anything like that, you want to say, you know, usually when I'm talking to older folks, uh, they usually have somebody that helps them make big decisions in their life like this. Is there somebody that's a trusted friend, a son, a daughter, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, any, anybody in your life that would help you make a decision like this? Uh, and if they say, oh, yeah, my, my daughter, she, she – well, well, here's what we're going to do. 
I'm not willing to meet with you unless your daughter is there looking out for you. Okay, I want her. I want her input on that. When when the know-it-all son-in-law is there, he'll be your biggest advocate. If he's not there, he's the deal killer. So B stands for both home, also known as all the decision makers are there. And I don't use the word decision makers because decision is not a word you use when you're in sales and you're on the phone. The I stands for I'm gonna sell. In other words, they're sellers. They're not gamblers. They have not used the dreaded if word. Yeah, we would sell our house if, well, when somebody says we're going to sell our house if, I know one thing, they're not going to sell their house, okay? By the way, if any of the stuff we talk about on the Fearless Agent podcast makes sense to you and you are earning less selling real estate than you wish you were, and you're open to the idea of having some help, like getting the six ingredients to a one-stop listing appointment, making sure you're always saying the right words in every money-making situation. If you'd ever like to learn more, you can always call me anytime, 480-385-8810. I'm very nice when you call me, by the way. Uh, I hear every once in a while, oh, I was nervous to call Bob. I don't know why that is, but uh, I want to help you. So Uh, Let's see if you and what you're trying to do in your real estate career and what we do here at Fearless Agent, if it would be a good fit for you. Again, you can call me directly at 480-385-8810. You can always go to our website, visit fearlessagent.com, watch our 45-minute webinar. Go to the speaking page. There's another video I would have you watch there. It's about 25 minutes long. Go to the video training page. Watch those videos. My guarantee to you is those free videos would be much better coaching for free than you would pay any other coach in America any amount of money for. And if you ever have a question, you can always call me because we want to help you. So, again, the six ingredients to a one-stop listing appointment. B is both home. I is I'm going to sell. They're not – they are selling their house. They are moving. That is happening. The T – means you tricked them into a two-hour listing appointment. It is not likely that in one visit you could, you know, sit down, ask the questions that are necessary, take the tour of the house, um, then being a little chit-chatty, do the listing presentation, do the pricing presentation, get it priced right, get it at full commission, and uh, get a one-year listing, and then... uh, you know, have them fill out the seller property disclosure statement, sign all the paperwork, and get that done in much less than two hours, highly unlikely. So the last thing you want is somebody leaving halfway through the appointment. So you have to trick them into a two-hour time slot. The way you do that is you say, you know what, I'll see you tomorrow at 2.30 in the afternoon. And uh, you know what, I'm in the people business. And I have an appointment before yours. And I don't want to rush them just like I wouldn't want to rush you. So could you just plan on me? And when we meet, we're only going to talk about one thing, and that is the tens of thousands of extra dollars that only I can get you, no other agent can. But could you just plan on me being there sometime between 2.30 and 3.30, and I'm going to do my very best to be there at 2.30. And if they say, oh, no, at at uh, three, 
we have an appointment with whatever. They go, oh, well, well, then we need to pick a different day. And then you pick a different day. So that way they're going to be there for the full two hours. So where was I? Oh, C. C stands for CMA. If you're brand new in real estate, that stands for Country Music Awards. If you've been around a while, that stands for Comparative Market Analysis. So you want to ask them all the questions to do a complete ballpark market analysis. And then uh, the H stands for how much do they think their house is worth and how much do they owe? And the way to ask that is the million dollar question and then we have a trick way of getting them to admit how much they owe without them saying, well, that's none of your business or something like that. So uh, the CMA, so I, I would say during when I'm asking the CMA question. So when I, I have a little form that I used when I was uh, a real estate agent and I would, every fearless agent has this. So you have these forms ready to fill out. They're next to the phone where you do your prospecting. When they said yes, I'd pull out the form and I'd make all notes on that piece of paper. And I'd say, you know, before I get off the phone, I got to do a little homework about your house how many bedrooms does your house have? Three, okay. And how many bathrooms, separate bathrooms? And, you know, that's two. And, and do, do you have a pool in your yard? No, we don't. Or yes, we do. Is it above ground, built in, whatever? Is there a spa or a hot tub or anything like that? Do you have a fireplace? Is it wood burning? Is it natural gas? Is it uh, something else? Is there more than one of them? In your kitchen, do you have a range oven, dishwasher? So I'm going down this list. So I have two columns of questions that I'm asking them about their house. And then at the bottom of column number one is the million-dollar question. So, you know, you have, you have fence around your yard. You got a fence around your yard? Oh, yeah, you do? What's that made out of? It's either vinyl or block or or wood or chain link, you know, pit bull not included, whatever. And they say what that is. And I'd say, you know, if you were going to win a million dollars by guessing correctly, what price, realistically, do you think a buyer would pay for your house? And they go, uh, I don't know. Well, if you did know, you know, what would the answer be? And they go $159,315.19 because they know, right? Or every once in a while you say, if you were going to win a million dollars by guessing correctly, what price, realistically, do you think a buyer would pay for your house. And they go, well, you know, the guy across the street, he's got his house for sale right now, and he's asking 415000 I go, oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. So if you were going to win a million dollars by guessing correctly, what price realistically do you think a buyer would pay for your house? And they go, well, you know, the guy behind me, the guy behind me, he sold his house three years ago, and it sold for blah, blah, blah. And I'd say, oh, that's interesting. So if you were going to win a million dollars by guessing correctly, what price realistically do you think a buyer would pay for your house? And then sometimes they'll say, well, gee, Bob, you're the real estate expert. Aren't you supposed to tell me then? I go, hey, this is a mental health quiz. I want to find out if you're nuts before I show up. So what's the number? You know, I'm going to get it answered anyway. So I'm not, if I don't get that question answered, I'm not going over then I go down the second 
list. You know, do you have a covered patio on the back of your house? Does your house have both a family room and a living room? You know, what's the constru- the construction of your house? Is it frame, wood? You know, siding? Is it is it brick? Is it block? Is it you know whatever? How about that roof? What's that made out of? Asphalt, shingle, wood? You know, tile, whatever. Um, and I've got the other list, and then I go down and I say, now I could look this up, but you probably know. Do you owe money on your house? Do you have a loan or do you own it free and clear? Are they all no, no, we have we have a loan. Okay, well I could look this up, um, but you probably know how much do you owe. And if they say it that way, they'll say how much they owe. And then I would say, now do you have any other loans against your house? Home equity, HELOC, you know, any other second, third, fifth. 12th mortgages on your house, or is it just that one loan only? And when you pay off your house, that's it. So then they'll tell me. If I don't say that, they'll go, well, hey, why would that matter? Or, hey, that's none of your business or anything like that. So it avoids that whole thing. So then, is there anything else I need to know about your house that would make it significantly different from the others in the area? You know, like maybe you've over-improved it, or maybe you've let some things go, or maybe it backs up to a busy street, or maybe it sides up to something commercial, or maybe it's across the street from a grade school, or maybe it's on a corner or or in a cul-de-sac, good or bad, anything that I should know that would make it stand out as being significantly different from any of the others in the same neighborhood. They say no and say, okay. So then I'm going to reconfirm the appointment. So Our appointment, and I want you to write this down if you haven't, our appointment is for this coming Thursday at 2.30 in the afternoon. Uh, When we meet, we're only going to talk about one thing, and that is the amazing strategy that only I have, no other agent has it, that's going to get you tens of thousands of extra dollars for your house, and unless there's something else more interesting that you want to talk about. Is there? No. Okay. Now, the only requirement I have is that we're not wasting anybody's time. You and your wife are going to be there when I get there. Okay. Now, if for any reason you and your wife are not there when I get there, we are rescheduling, but I don't want you to do that to me. So you're going to call me if your wife or your husband can't be there. Right? Okay. So... I'll see you at 2.30. We're adults. Adults always show up for their appointment. You can you can bet that I'm going to be there, and I expect you to be there too, again, for the tens of thousands of extra dollars. Okay, then that, that appointment's not going to get canceled is the way that works. So if you just have that list and you get all those questions answered, so have a list of questions. So mine says, you know, bedroom, bath, pool, spa, fireplace, kitchen features, parking, cooling, fence, seller's price opinion. The other column is patio, family room, construction, roof, laundry, room additions, single level, multi-level building, builder name, association fee, and then how much they owe, and then anything else I need to know about your house. So, you know, if you're a professional, you're always doing the same thing. Well, like when you go to the doctor, they always ask you the same questions, hopefully. Um, Then what happens... But then you've got all the all the ingredients to get a get it in one visit listing appointment. So there are fearless agents that I coach that schedule five listing appointments a week. In 
you know, sometimes if they're new, two of them will cancel. They'll go on three and they'll get one. But they're getting that one at 7%. They're keeping four. They're getting a one-year listing. The seller's begging them to underprice it on day one. They do that and they get it sold for way, way more than it's worth. Not more than the asking price, more than fair market value. So both, actually. So, uh, But I coach people. You know, that's how you do 40 transactions in a year. But I coach, you know, there was a guy on this podcast, he does 160 transactions in a year. So if he's doing four times as many as 40, and it takes, you have to schedule five listing appointments a week to do 40, and he's doing four times that many, how many listing appointments does he schedule a week? And the answer is five. The difference is none of them cancel. He sets it up in such a way that nobody ever cancels. And he gets every listing he goes on. He almost never doesn't get the listing. So you're never going to have to schedule more than five to make any amount of money, uh, very likely. So that's that's the, the message of hope, I guess. So when we generate a lead, but we can't get the appointment, then what do you do? So you want to say, when should I check back with you? Well, hey, Bob, you can call me whenever you want. You know, well, if they say, hey, Bob, you can call me whenever you want, then I have to make a judgment call on when I'm going to call them back. And that would be based on when they said moving day would be the soonest, realistically, it would ever be. So uh, if they say, oh, uh, why don't you call me in, uh, I don't know, eight months, then I would cut that in half and that would be four months. I'm going to I'm going to never wait more than three months to call anybody back, okay? If they said, well, why don't you call me in three months, then I would call them in a month and a half. I'm going to cut it in half, but it would probably, but it's never going to be more than three months that I'm going to choose to call them back. So whatever they say, I'm going to cut it in half. And then, you know, maybe I'm going to send them the, uh, Tommy Hopkins was a famous sales trainer who actually lives in my neighborhood. I saw him not too long ago at a restaurant. Did a speaking event with him in Vegas not not too long ago. But he had the world's greatest thank you note. So I would send them the thank the Tommy Hopkins thank you note, which said, uh, thank you for your time on the telephone. In today's business world, time is precious. You can rest assured that I will always be respectful of the time you invest as we discuss the possibility of a mutually beneficial business opportunity. Sincerely, Bob. And then I'm going to put in my calendar or my reminder system so they never fall through the cracks when I've decided to call them back. And then I'm just going to go through a series of callbacks, follow-ups, and then maybe thank you notes. Um, But again, follow-up is only about one thing. It's about the phone. What follow-up is never about is mailing. So you can forget the mailing, the cards, and all that altogether. But you, if, you, if you're not good at that phone follow-up, nothing else is going to save you. That is for sure. Now, if I want to thank all of you for joining us today on the Fearless Agent Podcast. Again, please do visit us at fearlessagent.com. You can always call me directly at 480-385-8810, toll-free, day or night. 
please, if you would, give us a review of this podcast on iTunes. Five stars, hopefully. And then uh, please, until next week, always have fun. Do what all fearless agents do. What are the three things we always do? We always have fun. We always stay humble. And most of all, be fearless. Bye, gang. Bye, gang.